Alrighty, so we are episode one, uh, season one of the unqualified and unsolicited podcast. George Moulos, welcome on the onto the show. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to you want to give um you want to give the listeners a little bit of a uh, insight into how we know each other? Not really. Not really. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah, bro. Uh, we've known each other since day one. Yeah, we've we known have. each other since, and you know, we're sitting here like clowns thinking that we know each other, but our parents have known each other since day one. Since day one, it's a very long time. Our parents have known each other for like 25, 30 years, so more older than we are. So it's uh, it's a little while back, mate. But um, yeah, no, good to good to have you on, and it should be a should be a good laugh the next hour or so. Let's get fucking into it. So, um, George, first question um, I wanted to ask you, where where did uh, everything kind of kick off from? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, how, where did everything go wrong? <laughs> where did nah. it go wrong, George? No, nah, no, nah, I want to I wanna know where did everything start. So, obviously, for those who don't know, you know tell them a bit about you, what you do. Um, and, you know, we'll get into the, the nitty-gritty kind of stuff later on. But I want to know. Well, I want I want you to tell the listeners, you know, kind of where where did everything start for you? Context, huh? Yeah, right, context. So, I don't know who's listening, but I assume it's mainly people in Sydney. But for those who aren't, I'm Greek Australian. Grew up near, down the road from you, basically in Sydney. And then at what 15, I got into like entrepreneurship and all this stuff, and I went to a nice private school. My parents sent me to, but in the last year or two of high school, I started making some decent cash from my online businesses. And I was working at McDonald's prior to that. And then I said, you know what? I don't need to work at McDonald's. I don't need to do laboring. Let's focus on this online stuff. And in my last year class, we things were going so well. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to be an engineer anymore. I'm not going to live my parents' immigrant, immigrant dream and move to go to university. Fuck all that. I'm just going to yeah. be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Which, you know, my parents didn't love. And you know, on top of a bunch of other problems, they, they were like, look, bro, you're going to have to get the fuck out. So I left home at 17. <laughs> was, you know, more than anything, was my decision. But still, seventeen, you know, seventeen parents said, said time to get out. Fourth of August, twenty sixteen, and uh, I just packed my black mask and tube, packed all the stuff into the back seat, and just went. I okay, realized I don't need these problems, and I wasn't going to accept anything less than what I believed I deserved. Yeah. So I uh, I left, and uh, since then it's been five years, man. Five years and a few months. I was reflecting in August of this year that the five year journey that that was, um, and what I want to change and stuff. But um, yeah, since then I've you know I spent maybe a year or two in Sydney, just you know running the businesses, trying a bunch of stuff. But you know there's a bunch of ups and downs, broke every other you know quarter. Yeah. Um, but always had some e-com stuff, marketing agency stuff, and selling off my own businesses, and sometimes helping other people sell their assets and businesses and stuff. And then when I was then in 2018, I went to Europe and did a big Europe trip. I thought I wasn't going to come back to Australia, but then I did, and that was a big mistake coming back to Australia. Then I left Australia again permanently, and then I was in Bali for seven months. On a, um, on a terrible uh, venture that did not work out for me. But then that's when I really doubled down on my one thing that I was the best at, that I liked the best, which was selling online businesses, um, like e-commerce businesses. And I stopped everything else I was doing, focused on that. Two years later, basically, you know, here we are. Um, and now the business went from something, you know, I just had in my background since I was like 13, doing little business stuff, selling my own businesses, to a fully-fledged business that's somehow making enough money for myself to survive and 
a few of the VAs and people who work for me. So, and you know, we get good customer feedback on the buy side and the sell side. So it's it's an interesting space. It's, it's a new type of business. There's only, only other, you know, probably 10 other uh, reputable brokerages in the world. And here we are, we're doing that. And since then I've been traveling a bunch, but mainly in Greece and Cyprus and the Mediterranean, a bit of, you know, this or that, you know, uh, America, Mexico, a bit of traveling, but for the yeah. most part, we focused on uh, setting up in uh, Cyprus and staying there. Mm. But you know that's a good context. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll touch on your on your travels a little bit later on, actually, um, and we'll get stuck into you know the benefits and, and what you get out of traf- of traveling. But um, you know, in terms of your your businesses, George, you know, you mentioned that you started working at McDonald's at uh at thirteen, fourteen. 14 do you do you have any good memories from Macca's? Um, a lot of kids nowadays kind of say, you know, Mac is just a normal job. It's just a bit of pocket money. But talking talking to you over the years and being mates with you for you know twenty odd years, I think I think you got a good uh, experience out of McDonald's that not everyone gets, and this is yeah, you know, part, sure. of your, part of your mindset that I that I really love. So my badge that says George on it, and I saw my first wage printed out with yeah. eight dollars and six cents AUD, which. No, just for inflation, I guess for this and that, it's probably like five bucks. Yeah. You know, like worthless like in, for, per hour. So every time I spend, you know, money on a five euro coffee, it's like, well, there's two, there's an hour of my time when I was you know, 13, 14. But yeah. anyway, no, to answer the question, I think, I think doing, like, that's the lowest little, I hated that job so much. Yeah. Not because of people were rude or whatever. Everyone was fine. You know, I did get some, you know, bad experiences there but nothing you know to complain about um at the end of the day you know i did you know usually weekend shifts and holidays and you know stuff like that whatever you please. um yeah basically and i also when i could i, I would pick up labor work or yeah. I would pick up you know work at food decks at a, a factory you know because yeah. that paid it better even yeah but um look man it taught me with the value of money which most people our age most people our generation don't know what a dollar really cost yeah um yeah at all so you know as much as i like to talk money and sales and this and that and i you know i love it because i'm a salesman that's my job mm. but uh, at the end of the day i actually know the value of money i don't waste money on really anything no you've always um, you've always been really really good with money even from when we were younger i'm Catherine. yeah you're a tight ass exactly right exactly. so I, I remember we used to go out you know you were the first person to to always offer around the drinks and say you know i'm buying drinks but when the when the tab would come around, you, you never picked it up. You never picked it up. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. No, well, he's well. The thing was always, and I always it was always such a weird thing going from a public school uh, where we went to a private school in high school. Because since thirteen, look, my parents never gave me money. You know that. You know my parents, right? So for for me to go when I'm hanging out, especially friends with from Newington, and they bought their parents are rich, so they would just give the kids cash. I'm sitting there like, yeah. I, if we go out or whatever, they're like, oh, let's go buy this, let's go buy that. I'm like, what's one, what's a quarter of this if I'm going to pay my share? And these motherfuckers are spending their parents' money. I'm spending my money. Yeah. Like my fucking McDonald's money. Yeah. I was always coming to that. I always spent an hour. Yeah, man. Just divided by that. Yes. But no, man, I always, I've always been like that. And, you know, uh, I think it's been the better. Do you, yeah. do you reckon, um, you know, starting off in Maccas, which are, obviously is not a, a great job, do you think that's what led you into entrepreneurship? Do you think that's what was the catalyst for you to say, 
I need nah. to find a way where money works for me or? Well, it was, it was a few things. Firstly, my grandfather, George, who I've talked to you endlessly about, mm. uh, he left Greece to come to Australia, started a few small businesses, you know, yeah. a fish shop here, a corner store there, whatever. So, yeah. and I think that's a Greek, it's an immigrant thing. It's a yeah, Greek thing. Immigrant Greek. Exactly. Yeah. And then also when I was, you know, 15, when I got into entrepreneurship properly. Look, I've always been a hustler, a sales type of you know, kid. Even. So even, um, you know, I got that one, you know, when I used to go swimming every morning, a big cane swimming pool, cars park. Yeah. Uh, I, my mom would take me there like five. I finished at like seven. Then my mom would pick me up at like 7.30. But in that half an hour, me and my Aussie friends who were like, like, you know, Tim, Jack, and Nathan were all brothers. Like, we'd go to the canteen or what's it Yeah, canteen. And they'd buy lollies and stuff because their parents would give them a buck or whatever. And my mom, my mom's not giving me a buck. Forget about it. You know, my mother. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so I'm like, fuck. Like, I always had a mentality of like, well, I'm not going to get money. You know, I'm not getting handouts, so I might as well think of some. So I, I saw the, you know, they would have swimming carnivals the day before, before the, you know, the, the night before. And then I said to Dick Kane, the owner of the club, look, let me clean up a pool. I'll give you me, give me two bucks. He goes, yeah, yeah, sure. So I get the two bucks and they spend it at his canteen and get the money right back. And anyway, and, you know, I would do small hustling like that. I'd make two bucks, two bucks there, and I show up to the canteen. I'm like, hey, boys, what you want? Whatever you want, it's all me, though. Yeah. Fucking, you, like, five bucks you, thought, you thought you were was you king know, of the world, money bags. You had king of the world, so. Had a grill on. You were Warren Buffett, George Soros. You were everyone, man. You were the, you were the man. Yeah, but it's, and I would have been, what, six or seven, bro. And that was just like small, you know, you look back and you see you're a hustler, you're a salesman type of thing. But anyway, when I was 15, that's when I started reading some proper books. About, yeah. You know, self-development and entrepreneurship and stuff. Yeah. And that's where, at the time, I whatever, you know, when I was like 10, I was probably helping my parents out with the gardening business, cutting lawn and stuff. Unpaid. And, uh, and, um, then I went to, you know, work at McDonald's at Brutex every now and then on holidays and weekends or whenever. And then laboring work, construction, demolition every now and then. But the demolition and construction was pretty rare. But um, the, the starting the business stuff, it was one thing, the catalyst more than anything was like, um, just reading all those books that year in 20, yeah. when I was 15, 2013. Yeah. And um, I wanna, I've actually, I've actually um, got, a, got a good point about the books which I'll talk about later on, but um, me and you, we have a pretty good, uh, you know, relationship where we discuss, you know, we're always discussing ideas. And I think, you know, yeah. self-development's a big part of both of our, both of our lives. Oh, and, you know, you've recommended me books, which I've read and they've just blown me away and, and vice versa. Um, but, you know, I think um, definitely reading is a good uh, way of self-development, which I want to talk about a little bit later on. I'm gonna say, and I and I hate when I when I don't when I forget to read stuff. So you just get caught up in life. Like right now, I'm like, fuck! I haven't read properly. I haven't sat down and read in ages. You feel lazy. You just you just don't feel like you're doing enough. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think it's it's also therapeutic to do. It's not just the information you get. It's also to slow you down life a bit, down your life a bit. And uh, now, especially the last month or two, where my life has been craziness. I'm like, you know what? The perfect thing to do right now would just be pick up a book an hour every night. Just have a read. Just read. Yeah, just, yeah. Just go ham on it. Yeah. meditation. It's so good. Um, 100%, man. I find that even just reading like 25 minutes, 30 minutes for bed. Um, yeah. It's, well, instead of like swiping do you, on. Do you wake up the next morning? Do you wake up the next morning and feel like 
you know, you're just sharper in the morning. You feel like you're ready to just go to work. Well, yeah, man. Well, think I, I think it's all the stimulation, like, uh, like, and I have this problem. As soon as I wake, I, when I go to bed, I'm watching YouTube, basically, usually, before I go to bed. And then I wake up and I'm scrolling on Instagram. Man, you know how bad that shit is for you? Terrible. That Terrible. So and then by the time, by the time I get to, the, to, to, to work, to actually sit down and do the work, I'm, uh, my, I'm brain fog. I don't know what's going on. I, I've got too much cortisol in my body. I'm like, oh, like, what the hell's happening? No wonder yeah. I'm not focused to do stuff. Yeah. So now what I've been doing is, you know, I usually, I just, I, I like to put an audio book on. Yeah. And walk. Because yeah. like, the last few hours of the night, what are you doing? You're gonna wait. You're gonna rewatch Seinfeld episodes. Come on, bro. You know, break. Yeah. And I and in the morning, same thing. Like I, I try and do. Like my goal now is to. And I've done this a bit, but now when I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to supper. So my plan is to not even go on my phone. Go have a swim, have a coffee, write my write in my diary, and then at nine o'clock go on my phone. There's yeah. nothing that's happening. There is nothing urgent. Yeah. There is literally nothing. To talk no, about. I've, I've, I can't learned, wait two hours. Man, I've hundred percent. I've learned that nothing of any. Um, you know, real nothing. Everything can wait, bro. Everything nothing can wait. Like, yeah, nine p.m. Well, like, uh, tell me what's like, uh, like those two hours because you're setting your day right, right? Like, doing good two hours of focused, medit- you know, swimming with my meditation, or you know, sitting down and writing my in my diary with a coffee in the morning. I can get some clear ideas out instead of like. Usually, what I do is like two twenty minutes scrolling on fucking you know, Instagram reels or something stupid. You yeah. check the news and then check YouTube and then I finally get out of bed and then by the time I, I just go straight to the cafe meal, I, uh, the cafe and I don't you know go for a swim don't do my morning cardio my my diary entry is useless because I'm thinking about it that one TikTok that's it's like come on no wonder you're not focused throughout the day yeah as you know it's it's a and I fail I fail with this every other day so you know I have yeah. those ideas but hundred percent hundred percent I totally agree I think. That's a that's a it's a good point that you made um, about productiveness and, and just making sure that you know you do the small things and the output will come later on down the track. Um, oh, well, we're just so overstimulated, especially our generation. Like in terms of like inputs into our fucking brain, right? We have more inputs to our brain in total throughout our life than any other generation ever, and our brain is trying to like file away and put all this information into certain drawers and make sense of them and see what we can learn from it. But like most of the information we consume is useless. Yeah. Like think about like that that 20 minutes on fucking you know Instagram you're scrolling. There is nothing of value. There is nothing of value. It's a way there's nothing it's dead nothing you've ever seen on Instagram has ever made your money to pay for your food or pay for your rent. It's never made someone else that much happier. Like if I send my mate or send you a, a, a funny meme, you know what, bro? You can go without that. You don't need that. Man, people, people like don't understand fun, but how detrimental it is. It's terrible, bro. And, you know, even the same goes for every single app on your fucking phone. Or, or the dating apps, it's the same thing. It's all validation seeking. It's all like overstimulation, man. Like that's why that's why I like Cypress. I like Bruce because it's a bit, you know, back in time where everything's a bit more basic. You have just less options. In a big yeah. city like here in Barcelona, Things are, there's a million things. Everything's running around, you know, around you, let alone in the apps and all this stuff. So it's like, I'm really very, getting very excited to appreciate. Yeah. You know, it's a big city. It's a four million person city like Sydney. It's all over stimulation. And you, you know, sometimes like you put your phone down for a little while or like you have a dinner with someone, don't go on your phone. You know, most people do, but I try not to. And I'm like, I haven't been on my phone for two hours. And I'm like, seeing what the phone has to say to me. 
Like, what do you, what, what's happening? It's like nothing's happened. No one's messaging. There's nothing going on. Yeah. There's nothing important going on. What You're could be the president of the United States? Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, and it's so, it's so, the silence is so valuable. It's crazy. Like, yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's that. Um, with um, your entrepreneurship, so obviously you've been doing this entrepreneur stuff for probably better part of seven, eight years, I'd say, from memory. Um, like, you know, proper proper entrepreneurship would have started in high school, but the entrepreneurial spirit has always been there. And that's something yeah. I've had for a very long time. So that's why I say seven, eight years. When we theory... You've been doing this full time for maybe six years, I'd say, since we left high school. Yeah. Um, what was your What was your first taste of it? When did you like? When did you really get a good taste of entrepreneurial life and and that you know that that, that career and say, you know what, fuck, this is what I want to do. Uh, good question. I think there's two two points. One is like my first real paycheck, or paycheck. my first real invoice. Yeah. All you do as an entrepreneur usually just make run invoices for people to pay. So, like for example, the first ever one I believe what was, was first, what was your first deal? Do you remember? Well, you should. Uh, yep, it was. Uh, I was working at Macca's, and it was September, August, September of 2015 or uh, 2013 would have been. And some bloke started a Facebook group. I say that it was so you had your first month. your first entrepreneurial invoice whilst working at Macca's at 14, 15 years old. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. I mean, so I mean, that's that's and doing, doing a, you know your own business at fifteen years old, whilst at high school, you know, living a social life, going work. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, you know what? It was August. Uh, so yeah, it would have been August of twenty thirteen. And I remember this guy created a Facebook group. I got that smile. Let me help you out. And the next day, I made up a marketing plan. I made up a name for a marketing agency called Morris Media. And then he goes, yeah, let's do it. All right, okay. It was two grand a month. I did it for like two, three months. He paid me. I, I bought an Armani, Emporia Armani watch that I still have. And uh, after, after... First thing you do, you got to buy something nice. You got to buy a designer product. <laughs> and to this day, that uh, that habit has followed me. Yeah. But um, yeah. no, it was... Uh, anyway, it was a month or something. I worked with them and they were rude and they were unprofessional. And then I left. I'm like, okay, well, I've got this marketing agency left over. And I could make these Facebook groups myself. Then a month later, I started making the Facebook groups, started getting clients, shooting companies, schoolies, and then selling affiliates, you know, basically doing affiliate sales with the, the Facebook yeah, yeah. groups, Facebook pages, websites, email lists. And that's where it kicked off. And yeah, that was the first. But they, I invoiced them like a grand, and then they paid me a grand a month. $1,000. What's a thousand divided by eight? $8.06. Eight yeah. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I went. I like. I, I stayed in Macca's for a few months, but I went there one time to the her name. The manager's name is Carly. She was always rude to me because I was I was in the back there, and I would always play Eminem, like Angry Eminem, because I was yeah. a angry kid. Angry yeah. Eminem recovery on the speakers. It's like, George, you can't have swearing, angry rap swearing, with so, and the, the customers here. But I'm sorry <laughs> in the back. I'm making cheeseburgers. I'm like, oh, if you go with it, and then we're coming like, relax. I've been fucking throwing the cheeseburgers at the front. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, but uh, I went in there, I'm like, yeah, I quit. They're like, all right, we didn't like you here anyway. Get the fuck out of <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's, we don't give a shit. But they're like, we didn't know you worked here. <laughs> uh, so, so that was your first taste of, you know, entrepreneurial life. 
You said that was the second yeah. one as well, but yeah, because that was like a that's a thousand dollars. Like everything's relative, but a thousand dollars then was basically two dollars back in the swimming pool days when I was collecting trash. That yeah. was a billion dollars. Well, money's money's relative. Money's relative to your point of view. So, like now, for us to make ten grand now, fifteen grand now, you know, you probably look that's at it. Well, that's, yeah, it's good. Like fifteen grand is good to make on an invoice, but literally, I, I sent you the screenshots in the last two weeks. I was like, this is stupid. Like, I'm, this is I'm not happy at all. This is an embarrassment that I only made this much. Yeah, it's but anyway, yeah, money money is relative, and, and you know, like yeah, people in different stages of their life, fifteen grand will yeah, exactly. throw them away. Whereas some people, yeah, and it's uh, you know, yeah. people make fifteen grand. And but think, oh, that's that's a bad day. That's the thing because there's there's always that question of making it right. What's the number? I always tell you about this. You know, if this still closes, I make. I've got to deal now. If it closes, I make. Yeah, okay. And I, I think there is a difference between making some cash and then making it. Like, yeah. I think making it is like when you think about. I think the best calculation for what that making a number is. It's probably like ten years. Of expenses added up. Yeah. Like my monthly expenses is a thousand euro, which it is. Yeah. And I do add that up over, you know, times 12 times 10. Yeah. And you have that money and you close it. Yeah. You made it though. Yeah. Like you're not going to worry much. Yeah. Unless you're a fucking idiot and you waste it. Yeah. You know, so you're a game. But even, you know, game yeah, exactly. Like, but like the, the first six figure deal I closed for e commerce brokers, that was a big, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, you know, um, it was, it was, uh, I would have been, how old am I? Now, now he's 21. I was 21. So it was and, last, uh, last year. Yeah, early last year. Yeah, so 21, you closed your first six-figure deal? Yeah. And, was that, um, when you say six-figure deal, was that the, the commission paycheck you made or... The, the business the deal was worth half the deal was worth that much. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So the commission was like 50 grand American. Okay. Um, which which is a lot of money for someone who's been kicking at home at 17 and living on their own. Yeah. No, no education. Look, I went to high school. Bro. <laughs> yeah, you went to a good high school, but you didn't get you didn't go to uni, man. No, of course. Like people but, uh, finishing uni degrees, first job outside of uni, making 60K a year. You know, look, I agree, but also you have to you have to be honest with yourself, right? Like, yeah, okay. You look at that fifty grand American. What's that? Sixty seven Australian. Yeah, okay. If that's the one deal I do that year, which it wasn't, but all the other ones were small. So let's add, you know, whatever, another twenty, thirty grand on top of that. If that's the total money you made that year, and you, if you, for example, had a full time job, right, in sales, yeah. that's what you have to compare to. What I, what would I have made? So just doing it yourself. And he's doing it as a job, and he's doing it as you know in university, then getting a job. You have to compare it to all those all those markets. And then in reality, it's not some you know amazing thing you've done. It's just like, all right, you know, congratulations. But these that isn't the real win. This isn't that's not the win. The win is the million to ten million dollar deal that yeah. you closed yeah. two years down the track. This is all just practice. Because fifty grand doesn't change anyone's life. I mean, what are you going to buy with fifty grand? Yeah, that's going to last ten years. It's not an there's no assets you can buy. Yeah, no, unless you're living, and, uh, unless you're living. In- yeah, you're not going to do anything. It's not a big amount of money, but that was, you know, more than anything, was just an indicator that okay, I can do this shit. So I yeah. sold a bunch of 50, 70, 80, 90 k websites and email lists and affiliate sites, and that's okay. That's good, especially when you're doing volume. 
that's okay. But a proper six-figure, he comes out and says, okay, well, we can do this shit. Yeah. There's no excuse. And it's and as an entrepreneur, you're always doubting yourself. You're like, oh, can I really do this? And you're like, yeah, you could do it. You've got these two minds about you. But then sometimes the one side of mind says, look, bro, you did it. Well, you did do it. So if a year or two goes by before you close another big deal, whereas you classify a big deal, and you haven't done it, and you're like doubting yourself, you're like, but you did it once. So don't lie to yourself. You did it once. Why can't you do it again? Yeah, yeah, the hundred. So that plays. Uh, I totally agree. Um, so with your um, you know your your family and and whatnot. Obviously, you come from a very strong family of you know independent people that you know didn't believe in in always just working for someone. They believed in creating. Nah, bro. Now nah, all the entrepreneurship stuff. I think, man, it's it's a comp. Uh, look, I didn't even let you finish the question. Yeah. And I jumped in. Finish the question. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you know, <laughs> um, your family, where they, you know, they come from a bunch of entrepreneurs, you come from a bunch of entrepreneurs and stuff, but do you think, you know, you were always destined to be like that? Um, talking about your papu, and we'll go into the other side of the family there later on, who, you know, who we're going to talk about. Um, do you think that was, you know, key to your development? Or was it just fate that you happened to be an entrepreneur? Look, I think I think if I was an interior designer, I would have told you the story of how, well, my one uncle on my second time removed and his dog, yeah. his auntie's vets is an interior designer, so I was destined. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a salesman, bro. I'm going to sell you on whatever I'm doing. Yeah. I feel what it's called, but like, I'm just rationalizing my life and my choices. So there's one aspect in that. Let me preface everything I say with that. I'm going to make anything I say and do, anything I do, I'm going to try and justify. That's, it's hard because I have to try and be honest with myself sometimes and that's bullshit. But that's also, you know, looking back, that's how it looks. With that being said though, you said where I'm from, as I've told you a billion times, there's a lot of ridiculously good businessmen come there. You moved from Kifida, Carnegie Island with 3,000 people to Australia. Yeah, like 50,000 people and all those 50,000 basically went to Australia, Sydney. And it's like, a couple of billionaires in between, which is kind of crazy per capita, and a bunch of them are ridiculously successful. Yeah, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're this and that. As you know, and of course, my family somehow slipped through the cracks, and because my 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 parents and my mum's side died early, he came over. Uh, my dad was born in Kifida, so he was a poor farmer from Bay Dot. So I came up kind of, you know, what middle class, lower middle class, standard, like nothing special. But then as I'm coming up, I hear the stories about my uncles, my aunt, my, my, my uncles and cousins and my, my grandfather who did these businesses. And was, my mom's, oh yeah, like he, as I'm reading these books about entrepreneurship, I'm like, do we know entre- any entrepreneurs to my mom? She goes, yeah, you know, your uncle does this. He's like, oh, this building does that. Did, sold their, this company. Do you want to name names or, or no? <sighs> yeah, bro, they're crazy. Theo Caridis, right? Like, I yeah, went in direct family, but like, we're related to, you know, she was a couple of people. That's a billionaire. Yeah. Like, it's insane. I mean, it's all on the AFR rich list. You go on the AFR top 100 or something, there's like three or four Kithirians, not just Greeks, but Kithirians. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's, that's absurd. That is yeah. absurd. And then you got uh, Nick Politis. He's Kithirian. He's from the same village my mom's from a year, probably, yeah. Uh, he owns cars. He owns half of the roosters or some shit. I don't know. Um, yeah, not related, but more so. Who who are you related to directly that's been successful in business? Oh, heaps, like heaps. There's so many. Uh, 
the Chambers, Commonos, and all these people I looked up to when I was a kid and I was 15. I'm like, wait a sec. And I was going through Newington trying to find entrepreneurs who were successful so I can ask some questions about career advice and stuff. And my mom's like, oh, yeah, your uncle does this, that, did that. I'm like, all right, well, let me ask these guys. They're obviously they're successful entrepreneurs. So the Commonos, the Chambers, right, McGiros even. And I would sit down with these people and ask them questions like, how do you do it? I want to do this. Yeah, they're, like, oh, they're, 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 really, you know, they're really successful businessmen. Like they, you know, yeah. Chambers family have have Chambers sellers uh, here in Australia. Yeah, who, you know, yeah, everyone man. knows Chambers sellers. They're, they're a big alcohol company. Um, you know, you got the Majeros family who they do Frutex, I believe. Import and export type stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like you know, these these guys are massive, massively successful businessmen. And, yeah, and, I, and that's what, and I asked all those people around that time, like, hey, look, how do I do it? Yeah. And, and you know, you, and you know what? That, look, that same family. So maybe it was inherently going to be your destiny to be, you know. Man, look, I, I don't, look, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm, you know, it's easy to rationalize looking back, right? Yeah. I connect the dots looking back. But that being said, um, and I could go even deeper down the rabbit hole about, you know, the conspiracy theory of how I was destined to be an entrepreneur. I could do that all day. But at the same time, like there's, there's, you know, you planned things and made it happen. Like I remember last year when the Forbes thing came out last year, Forbes thing came out. Still, I dated. Explain, explain the Forbes thing just quickly. Yeah, well, yeah, Forbes thirty under thirty weeks. I, I, so, I got that so last Forbes, year. So Forbes, uh, is it richest or most successful? Nah, it's just uh, thirty under thirty is just like up and coming, you know. Okay, so up and, up and coming, yeah, like, like business minded people. Uh, top 30, under 30 years old in Greece. In Greece, so it doesn't and, mean much. <laughs> I mean, Greece is the biggest biggest feat, but it's something, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's something. Um, yeah, it's nice. It was good for the business. It was good for the business. But yeah, like when, who was, well, when who that was came out. Again? Who was number one? I don't think they did it in a specific order. It wasn't like, it's not a ritual. Okay. It's just like, here are, some, here are 30 people who, you know, did something apparently. Okay. I wouldn't, you know, use it as a big thing. But anyway, when I came out, it was just girl like dating from when I was 18. She's like, dude, you did what you said. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And like some part of it is you plan things and you do them. But also part of it and most of it I would say is you just make shit up as you go and trying to make the best of a bad situation. I was so you know, as much as entrepreneurs sit there and say, oh yeah, you know, since I was, you know, always was gonna do this and I'm not, look, I always said I was gonna be an entrepreneur and do this and that, but a lot of it is just making it up as you go and make the best of a bad situation. Yeah. I, I don't think, at the end of the day, my, my point with the family thing is, as much as my own, you know, there's heaps of good entrepreneurs in my family, they really did fuck all in terms of even giving advice. None of them <laughs> help whatsoever. They can re- like really, we're talking about, you know, reading a BuzzFeed article would have done about the same as what they heard to me out. Like really nothing. If anything, and more honestly, they, they caused me more anger <laughs> In terms of how rude right, they uh, were to me, yeah. uh, to not one to grind harder, but also just it was super disappointing how much they couldn't care. Because within every single country you go to, every city, every little town you go to, there's hierarchy there too. So even within Catherine's in Sydney, there's a hierarchy of, oh, well, you came over 50, 60 years ago and you're not as successful as us, so we don't really fuck with you. Like that's a reality. And we, that was the reality. Like, I, you know, I've told you this a million times, but. There's a hierarchy between that, and so I wasn't really part of that, you know, top tier hierarchy where everyone's talking to each other and giving advice. That's I was never that. 
So did the family help me to or make me want to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, fuck no, not at all. Does it would it have connected really well to say, oh, well, your family's are successful billionaires or successful entrepreneurs, and now you'll want to do that and you're on your path? Yeah, yeah, I wish it was the case. It's actually the opposite. And they did all that. I asked them for some advice or coffee. Most of them told me, no, get lost. I didn't show up. And that made me spiteful of it and made me say, okay, I'm just going to do it myself, which is a great thing. Like, I think one of the biggest things to learn as a kid is like, no one cares about you. No one gives a shit. No one's going to give you any handout. There's no, you know, uh, white knight is going to save you from your, you know, your, your shitty life. If you want something, you want to build something, you got to build it yourself because no one cares about you. And I saw that up front. And my mom was always honest about that, which is why she's a legend. And like, when I met these uncles who were super successful, like, yeah, you know, I don't know, read a book. Like, that's what, that's, that's the advice. Yeah, I guess worked out. Okay. Fuck. You're killing me. No, this is why, this advice is lit, bro. This is amazing. Work hard. Yeah. And in reality, you know, I guess my, maybe my expectations were too high. But, you know, these are old, old school Greeks who started liquor stores. And I'm trying to start, you know, sit, you know do e-com. Yeah, online. So you're right. Maybe they, there's nothing they could have done. Yeah, yeah. But there's also ethics and values and yeah. practices and habits they could have taught. Because yeah. when I sit here and I reflect on mentors and stuff and who helped me do what, Jared Codling and Rowan Coons. I've said it a million times. Those two people acted like my grandfathers, my godfathers, and yeah. my fucking fathers. And, Jared, and, my and, mentors. Jared's, and Jared's very successful now. He's, he's killing it. Yeah. Oh, look, you're Rowan too. He, no, he I, I don't know. Rowan, but Jared Moore. I know Jared. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jared, I mean, the, the, those people, the, these aren't Greeks. These are just, you know, one people, yeah. but they're like they're family to me. They are literally family to me. Yeah. When when they say, say say I should do something, I say George, whatever you think you think you know about yourself, they know probably better. Yeah. Like that's how much I trust them. I know them. If they say, bro, you got to go kill someone for me, I'm like, all right, let's go do it. Do it. Hey, hey, you know, yeah. I'm joking, but you get my point. Like these these guys yeah. are going above and beyond for me. And I met I met Rowan when I was like 15, man, when I was trying to get clients for my selling Facebook groups and ad, ads and stuff. And he saw something in me. He said, you know what? Let me help this idiot, this little wild idiot out. And, you know, here we are, what, eight years later? And he's still, you know, hopping on a call, asking me how I'm doing, seeing how he can help. Yeah, and like, he gave me some advice two months ago that all the, the, just the, the money that is basically, I pulled in the last two months was completely based off his advice. Compl- yeah. 100%. There is no maybe, so it's not connected. 100%. Yeah. No one's advice. Yeah. So you, you, you consider the, to answer your question, go back to your question, do family help out? or, you know, influence my entrepreneurship. Yes, in the negative. They were rude, they were disrespectful, they didn't yeah. give a shit. That made me seek proper proper mentors and work even harder and realize no one's going to, you know, come and place a, you know, you look at most entrepreneurs now, entrepreneurs, such a bullshit word. People who start startups, usually from rich families, they come from an Ivy League school. People like Gary Vee. <laughs> well, you know, like, I think I have such a high level of, of, uh, of bullshit, right? Of bullshit filter, you know, which it comes from my mom because she's always been skeptical. But yeah. also, once you do proper entrepreneurship, you know you can't bullshit. Like, so if some, look, I love Gary Vee's messaging. I love his positivity. Oh, we were poor, so good refugees. Oh, I get that. And that's really tough. And people have the harder lives too. And people have better lives too. But also, you started your entrepreneurial career with, uh, with a three million, he said, I took a three million dollar company for 60 mil. Okay, so wait, you started with a $3 million company? Mm. Like you, that's, that's where you started? You're such a hard, hard grinder. You weren't baby. You don't yeah. shave your face because you're so hard and tough. But wait a second. You started with a $3 million business. That's, that's the thing? 
Yeah, it's, it's very different like, now. It's, it's it's not you know, but look, like I was saying, it's um, a lot of people entrepreneurs start this uh, entrepreneurial journey with a startup. They they put together PowerPoint and they have their MBA. It's really not as hard as you know, and they can see them, but. My point being is that all these family connections and stuff really didn't help. Mm. It helped in the negative. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's an interesting take. And I think a lot of people, you know, often just think, oh, fuck, like, it's family. That must be helpful. But, you know, not, not all the time. It's, it's not, all, not all roses and, and, and sunshine, as they say. Um, I was going to ask you, actually, you know, I know that you've got a bit of a, I wouldn't say obsession, but, you know, you have this... Uh, this thing with uh, Aristotle and Nassus. He's the king. <laughs> He's the king. He's the king. No, yeah, I, I know that. And, um, and being Greek, both of us, uh, you know, what, what do you find about him that, what, what appealed to you about how Aristotle did business? Was it his, you know, his lack of integrity, his lack of care? Nah, nah. Look, was it a ruthless? No one's perfect. Or? Look, no one's perfect in history. Like I've always like, if I was, if I didn't want to conquer the world with business and all this stuff, and I'd just been like some Greek field uncovering like old ancient rocks and shit. Like, I love history, right? So going through history, you you know you want to find idols, especially if you don't have certain figures in your life. You want to find that in history. And being Greek, we're you know very lucky that we can go back in our history and find people. It's it's, it's one thing to see Elon Musk and read that biography and be like, wow. This guy's amazing. It came from nothing, nothing, and he did all this stuff. It's amazing. Other thing to see a Greek guy, right? Do it. Like, oh, wait a second. Look, his dad, his dad was rich. That's, that's, that's a fact. But he wasn't, you know, billionaire rich like Onassis ended up being. But my point being is like when you see someone of your own race or your own city or your yeah. own came from the street or went to your school, do something, you're like, oh. Maybe Jordan is a weird thing because I have this concept in my head for a while. And Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot too. Mm, it's like yeah. going going to your ancestry, going to your going to history and, and unravel things and be be detective and finding out because stuff is very inspiring and then you are kind of realize um yeah, what you uh what your people, you know, people like you can do. So anyway, my point being we don't ask you know, being Greek is a weird thing, right? At least for now, now. Because we have multiple years of amazing history where we're killing it and reaching all the self and time, golden age of Greece. Like, many times throughout history. And right now, that's not the case. You say, if you ask for it, like, oh, you're broke, which means like, yeah, I'm broke. Right? And that, it's, not, it's hard to be proud to be Greek right now about something now, recently, yeah. right? So when I dig into the history of Anastas and read the book and all the stuff, my daughter said, "It's in Monaco, I think, just uh, just after I read the book, right? So I'm in Monaco. What, what's the name of the he book? He had a, ah, I think it's just uh, Aristotle Anastas uh, biography. It's not an okay. especially good book. It just recounts the events from a white people English perspective. It's not autobiography, obviously. But whatever, it is what it is. Then you see the movie with um. That guy, he was in uh, Zorba the Greek. You're like, ah, okay, I get it. Yeah. But my point being, uh, read, actually doing re- reading and, and uh, researching it a bit, him a bit, I found that, okay, he's, he's just a Greek kid 
who like landed in Argentina after he's he, the town he grew up in literally went up in smoke. He had probably you know he basically had no money and he ended up in Buenos Aires, Argentina, right? And he started hustling. So he got a job and he started hustling from day one, right? He's hustling, and then you know after the first world war is when his his you know his family his, a lot of his family died and the split of them burned down and the, the genocide, and then in the next world war he's he's like one of the biggest ship owners in the world. And that's when they call them the Greeks of the world. The Adipos, establishing Adipos and Onassis, they, um, they were marrying the, you know, basically media or you know, royalty of Greece, the shipping royalty of Greece. That's when Greeks had all the, the biggest fleet in the world, which we still do, but... People, people know, do a lot world. of people don't know that, about the Greeks. Have. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Um, <coughs> also, because like, I, mean, now, I think people underestimate how economically solid the Greeks were for a long time due to the shipping well, industry. Well, even well, to this day, there's there's like probably over 10, 15 billionaire Greek shipping families. If we look at the biggest, mm. which country has the most boats? If you ask that question, it's Greece. Mm. The biggest merchant Ty- in the yeah. world is Greece. Tycoons, yeah. They're, they're literally shipping tycoons. Not, these not America, not Japan, yeah. not China. Stupid little Greeks, right? They have the most like, merchant. Yeah. it's crazy. But anyway. The population with like what, 11 million people, 12 million people? Yeah, exactly. 10 million yeah. going down. Yeah, so it's kind the of genocide. crazy. Like the genocide. Oh, you look, man. Like uh, when we're looking at, um, you know, looking at when I was reading that film, I'm like, wait a second. He's a guy. You know what he's like? He's like a Conor McGregor before he was an embarrassment. Like he's a loudmouth Greek kid who basically built himself up kind of from the bottom up, yeah. and then basically was like, imagine Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates plus. The star, no, but like, uh, plus, imagine that 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 seeing these, you know, these uh, influence these, these billionaires who had huge power and huge money, innovating, you know, uh, multiple industries, aviation, shipping, whaling, uh, technology as well. Technology, yeah, to a degree, he was in he was in a bunch of different stuff, but uh, he had the biggest yacht. He had uh, Christine O, the, that massive yacht. He had his own island. He basically yeah. he bought into the casino Monaco. He had like a controlling stake. He was doing up all of Monaco. He was doing everything, and he married. You know, basically, he married uh, Maria. I the name the opera singer. Oh, who did he marry? Maria something. I forget her last name. I went and saw her grave in Paris. Jackie Kennedy as well. And then he, ch- he then he married uh, one of the big shipping family's uh, daughters, and then he married Jackie O. Like he, he was marrying American royalty, Greek royalty. Like he, so he, he was like this this guy just kind of achieved all this stuff, right? In many different aspects of life, and he had this like I can achieve anything if I put my mind to a type thing. And sometimes you need idols like that. Some idols you just know they just sit down and grind. And other idols you have like me, like Ari. You're like, wait a second, this guy just put his head down and worked through every single problem that came. He was ruthless sometimes. He was, you know, diplomatic sometimes, but he just got stuff done. Yeah. And like I said, no. when, you, when you see someone, especially not from 2,000 years ago, like Alexander the Great, or like, you know, from your people, do achieve something in recent memory, recently, if you're like, maybe I could do this too. That's why I yeah. like looking at other entre- Greek entrepreneurs, you know, the guy who owns New Balance. The guy who uh, you know started BlackBerry, the guy who started um, Verison, like oh, there's a lot of companies. Ariana Huffington. I mean, we're talking about a lot of companies who started by Greeks. 
that no one knows about, either because they change their names or, you know, they keep quiet, which is, you know, good on them, whatever. But you learn about these people and you're like, well, if they, if they can do it, maybe I can too, you know. Mm. And if that, you know, with all the craziness that happens in your life and the malevolence of life is being sincere, you're like, you know what? Like, you know, seeing, seeing a shiny light at the end of the tunnel, you know, if you're seeing, a, seeing someone from your, you know, shitty country, yeah, do it. It's crazy. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I I totally agree with you. I think a lot of people underestimate um, just how not influential, but how much of a role Greeks played. You know, say pre the pre nineteen eighties um, in in entrepreneurship and just you know being creators of things that we use every day. We don't even realize. Um, yeah, man, I think that, look. At the end of the day, it's, 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 you know, look, we don't want to get stuck into like nationalism and stuff because, yeah, I mean, we're going to start just because we're talking about Hitler. <laughs> just because, just because you were born somewhere or your parents were born somewhere doesn't, you know, do anything, you know, make you special. Or well, it's a good reason to go through, you know, whatever. I look at them. It's just interesting to see. That's, that's about as far as we can say, you know anything so it's interesting to see what other people from your kind of place have done and what they look like when i forget that i've achieved certain things i'm like okay well i closed that one deal one time so don't forget you can achieve stuff like that it's the same message they've achieved something like that so why can't you maybe mm-hmm. you're not exactly the same but they're from a shingle great village so why can't you yeah no 100 percent and um you know i think a common theme with all those people is the fact that you know at one stage more than likely, they'll probably flat flat broke, and you've been there as well. Oh, beyond that, yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, what does it help you or, or comfort you knowing that you know? Okay, this is part of the process. This is this is normal. Well, look, I, look, knowing that other people have been in the same place that you are makes you feel better. When I got robbed last week. As soon as I went to the office, they're like, I go up to I'm like, oh, that makes me feel better. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's the way, you know, things are. But I think, in a way, you're like, okay, well, you know, he made these sacrifices. He did something like this. So this isn't a failure. This is part of the journey. You know, so it's, I guess that's okay. But, um, but yeah, you also got to give, give, you know, your own context to it. If you're, you know, a million dollars in debt and you make, you know, you could probably make five, 50 grand a year and you're done. Yeah, you, you, you lost. You're yeah, so excuse excuse the noise. George's uh, at a cafe in Barcelona. He, he couldn't go somewhere quieter for the uh, for the show. <laughs> he had to go to the loudest cafe. The... <laughs> he had to go to the loudest cafe. My microphone next to the coffee maker. <laughs> he had to go to the loudest fucking coffee shop in all of Barcelona. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, um, so with the you know, going, going broke and, you know, starting from nothing, you know, how, how did that um, kind of relate to like your travel sort of thing? So like you're spending money obviously whilst you're traveling, right? But at the same time, you won't bring in a lot of income. Do you think that put pressure on you? First things first, my travels have always have never once exceeded my expenses that I spent in Sydney just living there. That's a fact. No, not one day, not a, not a month in Mykonos, 
not a month in Denmark, not a month in Zurich, not in the most expensive cities in the world that I went to, did my monthly expenses ever exceed one month normal living in Sydney. So everything was always cheaper. It was always a better option. Um, you know, traveling than staying in Sydney. Now, staying in, let's say, Cyprus, for example, would it be cheaper to stay there instead of uh, traveling? Yeah, 100%. Um, it put pressure on me, but at the same time, you know, the traveling thing is, is, a, is a mix of different things. It's kind of um, something that is fun for me, but it's also something that is um, uh, not really, like I'm not some big traveler, like in my head, I'm not a big traveler. Well, you are. Although I travel a lot, I'm not, not like I do travel a lot, but I'm also like wanderlust and finding myself. Like that's not me. Like I just go no, places yeah. and I like and I learn stuff. I'm not trying to. I'm not. Yeah. You know, you know, when I went to Mexico, I found that the acacia, like no, the tree with the leaves, I really no. I just go places and then I work and live there. Like this yeah. is an operation. I get to go see and I. I'm listening with my laptop and my phone doing calls, doing work, and I, the environment around me changes. So I do my best to learn about the place, the people, the food, the culture, the language while I'm there. But at the end of the day, I got a job to do. Yeah. That's no, really I'm not saying, you know, a 19 year old girl on a gap year trying to, you know, see all the sites <laughs> in two days or something. Yeah, no, you're, you're never there for pleasure, I find. I feel like that's probably no. one thing I never understood. Well, that's just like, for me, like, I'm not on holiday. Like, I don't go on holiday. This isn't a holiday. It's never a holiday. Yeah, you know, I'm just doing my thing. And so if I get a spare moment, instead of being in Sydney and having nothing exceptional to see, I get to go see, that's how I get that family. I get to go see a Mayan temple on the weekends. And usually it's really cheap and sometimes even cheaper than Sydney. You know, mm-hmm. one night out in Sydney, what does that cost? Versus the 30 bucks it cost me to go from Flight of Carmen to an ancient Mayan ruin, which is an awesome thing to see. You know, yeah. it doesn't cost that much. Yeah, no, 100 It's cheap, actually. Yeah, it probably is. But that's how Europe's always been, man. Like, Europe's always been in like South anywhere, America. bro. Anywhere in the world. Australia is just. Then I was in expensive. New York. I was in New York. I, I, I look back on my, my monthly, you know, expense. I'm like, that, well, that was less, less than $2,000. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think that's uh, kind of crazy to think that even you get to the most expensive cities in the world for a little while. I was there for a full month. And you're just visiting to a few cities and you're uh, it's still cheaper. Yeah, well, I think um, you hit the nail on the head and just tell me a bit more about like your travels through Europe and like what you've learned. Yeah, man. So I always say the same thing because the first time I really traveled in 2018 solo, people are very, uh, very much the same everywhere in the world and sometimes they're very much the same and they're very much different. It's a weird kind of thing to say, but like anyway, you go into whatever, just doing the same thing. I'm just trying to, you know live a life that's half enjoyable, put food on the table and have some fun. Like it's anywhere in the world you go, it's kind of the same city. It's not a, you know, people aren't that different. But then again, sometimes they are. Uh, and in small ways that are kind of amazing. Like it's always small things that are kind of amazing when you travel, especially when you travel to you're like, oh, well, you know, like, look, trying new foods and new restaurants around the world, you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's kind of a gimmicky thing, but then you kind of see something really different, really unique, and like, oh wow, that's. And it's always small things; it's not a big thing, you know. 
Um, and it just becomes normal. It's a weird, weird thing to explain, but like, what's a good example? Like, I remember in Bali, I spent seven months there. Mm. And like, one of the things yeah, I learned there was like, seven months there, and I, and I learned, and I was living you know, out of the sticks, basically. And, uh, you know, everyone, you know, you bring your Western mentality of like, especially an immigrant has like, oh, I'm rich. Like, that's the journey, right? Mm. That's how I'd be happy. Uh, but in reality, you know, these people, have, they didn't want to get, you look at them like, oh, man, you're forgiving some money. It's like, that's not what they want. That's never been what they want. That's just what they tell them. That's not their trajectory. They don't have this American dream of, you know, being rich, being a billionaire, being, you know, that's not their journey. They even just mm-hmm. that, you know, how different you know, different parts of the world can be in terms of the real path, the real goal, especially in Sydney. We're such a, in Sydney, it's such a rat race society. Yeah. Everything's about the, the, the your job title and your, your car that you drive, mm-hmm. all that bullshit. So when you go somewhere, where it's like, yeah, we're not competing. We're not trying. We don't. We're happier than you, and we don't have much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Maybe I'm gonna you know rethink why you know my uh how I go through stuff and think about stuff. But like I said, you know these are all nice things to learn on the process. But after yeah. five years now, I'm pretty much over it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty much over the travel thing. I want to sit down. I know where I'm comfortable. I know what I like. I know where I like. Cyprus, Greece, that's where I'm comfortable. Mediterranean, Italy, France, South France, South Italy. I like it. Man. It's, you know, after a while, you got to change plans and, and rethink what, you know, what works for you. So that's what I'm up to now. Yeah. And I wanted, to, to, um, I wanted to ask you as well, um, mentality. So me and you are pretty big. And I think for me, it's only been the last 12 months to 18 months that I've been big on mentality and self-growth and self-development. Before that, you know, how my situation was, I was severely overweight. Um, I was probably the most unhappiest I'd ever been. I had an amazing girlfriend, don't get me wrong. I was very happy with that, but I just hated the way I looked in the mirror. Um, And I hated the way that I never fit into clothes nice. I hated the fact that every time we would go out, you know, all my friends, I just, I feel like people prefer to, to, to be friends with my better looking mates just purely because I was skinnier and I had better bodies and they were, and I was shredded, they were chiseled. Yeah, because it's not just a physical thing when you're, when you're that uh, overweight. It's a mental thing too. Yeah. So like for me, you know that it took me like a good year and a half to, to get to where I am now. Luckily, you know, I'm in a good place right now. I'm healthier, I'm happier, I'm fitter. You know, I, do, I run 5Ks in like 25 minutes, you know, which 18 months ago, I, I wouldn't have been able to do 1K. So, yeah, you know, touching on mindset, do you think, you know, our generation now, are we just weak in mindset? Do we not have goals? Do we not, what, what is it? What do you think it is? Look, uh, I think. Um, look, I think our generation is. Look, we're built for. Uh, we're not built for the world that's surrounding us now. Like our generation, our generation is Gen Z, right? So we're talking about like basically our our age and younger, twenty two and younger. Like we're so we grew up with one hundred percent overstimulation, overstimulation, twenty four seven. And like I wouldn't say that uh, you know we're weak. We are weak in, in many different ways, but at the same time, I can blame us. Like we didn't build the world around us. 
with that being said, like I think <clears throat> the reason why our world is, you know, our generation was always looking for other people to blame, people to point out, they're looking to join certain, you know, be part of a group or be part of a cause because they're so damn lost. And everyone's lost when they're young, that's fine. But uh, I think people cling on to, you know, some everyone wants a righteous cause now. Everyone's like part of this group of that group, they identify this, they identify that. When in reality, I think uh, everyone's just very lost in that generation because there's not as much guidance as we used to be. Um, that being said, I still think that um, there's a lot of savages our age. It just, and the competition is actually easier. If you're, if you're a hard worker and you can, and you're a little bit disciplined, you can achieve so much more in comparison to the rest of our generation because our generation is so ill-disciplined, so unmotivated and like delusional. It's like they live in a different world that yeah. you can probably get ahead. But then again, you're also competing. You're not competing with just your generation in the world. You compete with people who, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. People in my competition are like 60, 50 years old, 40 years old. You know, so, you know, you're not just competing with your own generation, but I think our generation just has no discipline. They don't value discipline. Mm-hmm. Because we grew up in a world where everything was like, all the ideals were like proven to be wrong. Yeah. And Jordan Peterson touches, that, touches on that as well. I think you know, Jordan Peterson is, is amazing. A lot of people don't like him, but I think they're fucking stupid. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people don't like him. I think a small amount of people don't like him. And a ridiculously large number of people love him. So yeah. go, go look at any video on him on YouTube. It's got millions of views. Yeah. I think he's a, I think he's doing you know, God's work right now, especially for young men or anyone young, but especially young. Yeah, men. yeah. I think at the end of the day, he's uh, he's helped me out a ton. I think that um, like I said, you know, everything I'm saying is basically the vegetation of what he's saying about our generation. I think that our generation is just a bunch of really a bunch of losers. So not in the sense of like they don't make good much money. They just they don't work hard, and they have no discipline. Do you uh, think they're self-entitled? I've not worked at Yeah, everyone, everyone, 100%. And, and, I, and, I, and I look around and it's embarrassing to even, you know, to think, you know, this is, this is the people I've got to, you know, be in this world with sometimes. You're like, oh, you know, you go to a club, you go to a restaurant sometimes. You're like, you're sitting around people and they just always, you know, have these, like, how people just make the world up in their head. Like how things are, Measured the hierarchy of anything is so ridiculous nowadays that you, it's hard to even operate anymore to find similar minded people. Like, things aren't all about you know Instagram followers, things aren't all about oh, well, you know, my job. Like, I get a lot of calls with people and they and just to see if they want to buy a business and they go into a rant about the university they've been to, the roles they had in different jobs. I'm like, is this irrelevant? Why are you put like this? Doesn't this doesn't matter? People going into depth about things that don't matter and they just put their priorities wrong and the hierarchy of what good and bad is wrong. And I think you're like, you know, how many people, how many, especially in Sydney, uh, take believe that their parents' achievements are their achievements? I fucking hate. Like that's a, that's a fundamental thing, which is obviously not true. Like, yeah. you, you, you are what you have worked for in your life. And most people are right, haven't worked for anything, which is fine. But they believe that they're, you know, their parents' success is their success. They walk around yeah. in this entitlement. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And you never had people, that. And look, you never had that. 
Oh, I'm sure it was an arrogant prick, mate, with many times, but I would never No, no, no. That was never that was never party. That was never something that you no, no, no well, you know what? My dad's my dad's a farmer and my mom, you know, stands passport to the airport. I know what I am, I know where I come from. And one generation before that, we were farmers. Two gen two, three generations ago, we were serfs. Like every most people's grandparents, great grandparents. Yeah, I know I'm nothing, I come from nothing, that's good. It's fine by me, you know. I think uh mm. Uh, I think knowing that at the end of the day, no, look, I, I think I have a good level of self-love and a good level of self-hate. A very good level of self-hate, which most people don't have. Like most people are too delusional about anything in their life. So to think like people in, you're entitled is such an insanity. Some people are just too entitled to listen to people. Yeah. Like, oh, well, yeah. I'm not going to listen to it. It's like, uh, yeah. You do you. I don't and know what like, you know, we, we both... We both read uh, Twelve Rules for Life and um, Can't Hurt Me. You know, they're both yeah, amazing books on you know just learning on how to improve yourself and you know I think society as a whole. How, how's that? Hey, look, I think it's a really good work. thing. Yeah, man. Look, look, Goggins and Peterson and Jocko Willink and Rogan and a bunch of these savages who are excellent in their field. I mean, they're out there sharing it. I think, you know, they're doing God's work, like I said, Peterson, in terms of, you know, not just doing it, but also sharing it. Like, I think it's really an extraordinary thing they're doing. And I think that for people who are low at times, like I have been, like you have been, they get to low places. And like, for me, if I'm having a bad day or bad week or whatever, I just, uh, I put on Jordan Peterson, some lecture he had. Like, he just instantly get, makes me get my shit together. You know, so you know, many, many why do you, times. Why do, you think, why do you think that is, Bar? Like, what what is it about Peterson that? I'll tell you. Because I, I, it, it works. It works question. for me as well, man. Like, I, I, I um, I listen to Peterson. And I'm like, fuck, I need to pull my shit together. Or I listen to Joe Rogan. Like, get you know. Yeah, man. Just, I tell you what, to, is, I know exactly what it is. To Goggins, speaks to Goggins, and just it blows your mind away. You're like, fuck, I'm, I'm not doing half of what these guys are doing. You know what it is, man. And and there's one video I always I keep watching on it over and over again of uh, Peterson. It really explains it really well. The psychologists of back in the day they would um they would train basically to to, to accept everyone the way they are, right? So if you're a 19, 20, 23 year old kid and you're kind of lost in life and you're unemployed and you've got nothing going on and you're broke and you live with your parents, psychologists and in general people would say you're fine the way you are. You don't need to go on a journey. You don't need to work hard. You will find the way you are, which is really the worst thing to say because as the client, as the person, as the, yeah, as the 100%. kid, you're it's like, so, wait, it's so this, this, is, this, is, this is fine. This is fine. This is okay. Me it's being so loser, me being upset, me being sad, depressed is okay. This, like, that's mm. a terrible message. Peterson, yeah. what he says is, you're not, you're, you're young. No one at 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, even up to 30 is like, Amazing. No one's who's amazing. <laughs> you know, no one's amazing at these ages. Right? Yeah. You can obviously be better because you're young. That's what happens. You get better when you're older. So like what Peterson says is you you know, you are who you are now, and that is what it is. But you can do better. So how can you do that? How about be better than the person you were yesterday? What is one small thing? And don't over aim. And one thing he says is set your expect set your goals reasonably low so you can achieve them. And it's a step forward, but you know it's not crazy high. You know, just be able to achieve it. I think 
And when he when he goes through the rush now, firstly, he's ridiculously articulate and ridiculously mm. uh, smart. He's he and he uses data that you could reference. Like he's such a especially a lot of people, especially when you, you know look at talking about self help people on Joe Rogan. It's mm. hard to reference people. It, they'll make references or they'll say or say something. You're like, oh, I just take his word for it. Peterson, he goes, well, I reference this. You can immediately find it. And then I did this. You can immediately find it. Like he's got, he's done the work in terms of referencing. He's done the work in terms of studies. He's been doing this stuff for 30 years now. He's got lectures where he looks like a child, you know, even from Harvard from like 2002. Like he's been doing this stuff for a long time. You just, mm-hmm. and you know, the fact that you can, he can reference and he has books, multiple books. And the fact that he has done multiple studies and not just that, but he's put on top of that and then the, the self-authoring program, which I've done a few times, I'm actually redoing it now, which t- over 10,000 people have done that personality what's test. That of, what's that about? Well, it's basically a way for, you know, people lost young kids or anyone, anyone who's kind of, you know, wants to kind of be more of their, their life. It, it's, it's a self-authoring, it just asks you specific questions and asks you to write like two, three, four paragraphs. Mm. That goal setting, like it basically makes you set out the best possible outcome of your life the worst possible outcome of your life as well. So you do mm-hmm. past, past self-authoring, where you reflect on situations, present, where you are right now, and then future. And then the future is the best one. That's what I'm up to now, doing this usually second or third time now, where like, you, have, you want to set up a goal that's so amazing that you, can, you want to strive towards it and it's motivated. And you also want to set a reality where you don't achieve anything that you're actually scared. So you're running away from one goal, running towards the other. That's, mm. you know, one of the best parts of the future authoring program. But look, like to answer your question, what is it about these, you know, these guys that is inspiring? Well, like I said, they're telling us we're not perfect, which everyone has never said. There's no way everyone's perfect now. Everyone's amazing. They've never done fuck all with their life and they've you know, been nothing but a sap on society. They're saying you're not perfect. They're saying you can do better and you can achieve things. That's an amazing thing to hear when you're, when you're you know, not doing shit. I can be better, I can actually do things. All you have to do is pick one thing you're going to sacrifice and work really hard for and, and be in pain and suffering for. And if you strive like that, you'll probably do pretty well. That's all they're saying. Yeah. They're not saying you'll be amazing. They're not saying you're, they're definitely not saying you're amazing right now. And if you, if you just pick, put your sacrifice over your shoulder and, and march, maybe you can achieve some sort of happiness in this crazy, malevolent world. When you when you started um, like really honing in on that self development and self growth, you know, listening to Jordan Peterson, listening to to Goggins, Jocko Willing, all those people, did your work improve? Well, look, like I've gone through phases of self development. My first self development stuff was when I was like 15, I was reading those books for the first time around, and then like I got through phases of like listening. And then do it, right? Which I think is also good. Like yeah, I think you're supposed to be reading books twenty four seven. Good do. I want to say that, you know, with listening and doing this, they're two different things. Like until you actively, like you know, remember we, we did that that diet thing that we did for me when I was stuck yeah, on like down, the Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like you know, when you write when you write shit down, and there's no bullshit. You know, there's no yeah, you can't. No. There's 100%. no more articles to read. There's no more Instagram posts. Uh, there's, there's nothing else to talk about. There's just here are the facts of what's going in, what's going out. Your body's an equation. So if you're putting in 2,000 calories and you're burning 3,000, you're going to lose 1,000. 
That's how maths works. You're not a freak of society, you're not a human, a superman. Just that's how maths works. And sometimes you don't need to read an extra post. Like, well, the kid had died, but just shut the fuck up. Calories in, calories out. And for work, mm. it's like, sit down and don't get distracted for three hours from nine to 12, two to five, do the work, and you're going to get it done. Yeah, people can't get, people can't do work without being distracted, bro. They just it's yeah, their man, I'm guilty around. of it too. Yeah, I'm guilty of it too, man. But, uh, at the end of the day, you got to really think of way up your options because you're paying a, a much higher price than I think most people realize. Like the, the price you're really paying for getting distracted. Like we were talking about morning routine. Getting distracted. Like let's say I'm doing my morning routine where inside I'm in Cyprus usually. I don't touch my phone. I go for a two k swim. I get, it, I get a coffee, I write in my diary, I put some ideas down, and then I go home at nine. And then I get to work really honed in and focus. I know exactly what I need to do. Let's say I get distracted halfway through that. I pick up my phone, I'm looking at TikTok videos for 20 minutes. My mind is gone. That day of work is, I don't want to say it's useless, but it's, it's nowhere near yeah, what it could have been. Not as productive. Like it's yeah. much higher. And then, you know, that might have been a Monday. And then Tuesday, you're like, oh, well, fuck it. You know, who starts working harder than on Tuesday? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then, you know, <laughs> we got to start. Because you want to build momentum. <laughs> you got to start on a Monday. And that's why you got to build momentum for things. Like now I'm trying to get back on my, on course for my diet because I've unintentionally done a bulk. And now I'm like, okay, well, I'm 85. I've got to get back down to 80. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, here's what you have to do. Like yesterday, I really got back on track. I'm like, okay, <clears throat> first things first, I'm good eight hours of sleep. Wake up at seven. Go get a coffee. Don't get distracted by. Don't even play. I don't even play music anymore in the mornings. I used to, you know, from the day from the second I wake up to the second I went to bed, I was listening to music. Now I don't listen to music for a little while, and then I put on some like soft jazz, neat you know, piano music, no lyrics, and then I'll ease into it. By the time I get to the gym, I'm listening to you know, the more the technique and I'm going crazy. But like not just being full on crazy stimulation all day every day is, is you know a good example, but that's not my point. <laughs> Next you're question. Your ADHD, <laughs> Tourette, something kicked in there. You just forgot what you were going on about. Um, yeah, man. It's on tangents. No, nah, we're just saying, like, you know, with, you know, self-development stuff, how it improves. Oh, yeah. Work, I go to phases. Like, sometimes you go to – sometimes I read, you know, two or three books at once. Yeah. But um, – I can't do that. Look, that uh, blood blood balls off, as, as we say. Yeah. Like Mark Manson talks about this, he's a big self-help bloke. Like he's like, after you've read like the top fifty books, we're talking about tiny, tiny pieces. Like like if you think about how much each book in self-help helps you, as a percentage, you're really not talking about a large percentage. Like for me, yeah. I've read probably the first the top fifty to one hundred self-help books. Any other book yeah. I read is not going to blow my mind. It might help by zero point zero one percent, and mm. at that point. Uh, I'm good thanks. I don't need, you know, it's not worth my time as much. Where do you where do you rank? You know, can't hurt me. Twelve rules for life. Uh, four hour work week. Well, well look, I think um well, can't hurt me isn't necessarily made to be a self-help book. It's recounting events that Goggins put that Goggins experienced. And and then he's then he's Breaking it down, his his mentality and how he did it, his strategy. I think he um I I love that book, and that's a I think you know you actually want to take away something everything in a book, and it's weird to rank him because a lot of them aren't necessarily they're all self help, but not all of them are actually 
you know, like structured in that way. Like four-hour work week is a self-help book, yeah, but it's also mm. really focused on get an online business, quit your job, mm. you know. Mm. Um, whereas, and Goggins is like, you're a little bitch, work harder. Yeah, I love, I love when and Goggins, like, when he talks about, um, I don't know if it's his book, I can't remember if it's his book or not, it's one of his videos that he put out. Someone asked him a question about why he doesn't listen to music when he trains. And it fucking, it resonated with me so much. It was just talking about, you know, if you need external factors to push you when times are tough, you're fucking, you're gone. Like you're finished. You got nothing going for you. And that mentality. I always think about that when I'm swimming because you kind of headphones when you're swimming. If you're doing a 2K ocean swim, or I mean, 5K, can, 10K ocean swim. They, they won't last very long. No. Nah, well, they actually have waterproof things now. I'm like, really, guy? Like, even when I run, especially in Cyprus, I get so sweaty. I, I, I'm scared of breaking my headphones. People are I'm like, you know what, bro? There's nothing about. to talk about. People are such pussies. Nothing to they, just, they just don't get it. People are such fucking pussies. Like, they just, it's like, oh, they're just so full of fucking shit, like excuses and bullshit. Yeah. Of like, oh, That's what I said know, to people. I always I even said this to you. Right? It's like oh, I couldn't go to the gym today, or I had this because of that. I'm like, if that's the excuse you want to go with, go for it. I'm I'm the way better you than making excuses. Mm. I have mm. the best excuses. Like right, right now, I'm going to go to the excuses. gym right after this, right? I have a sore back. I have a sore throat. Um, I have a hundred other excuses, but just having a sore back is a great reason not to go to the gym. But if I have a sore back, then my means my biceps and my triceps and my chest and my shoulders are fine. So why wouldn't I work up a body? Don't touch yeah. your back. Don't touch legs. What's the excuse? Like, I, I could have yeah. been out of the gym for two months with a good excuse. And no mm. one would have said anything because no one really questions what I do in my life because no one tells me what to do, really. Yeah. So I can get away with anything. But at the end of the day, if I'm going to play the, the excuse game, I'll play the excuse game and I'll win and I lose anyway. Mm. But if I don't give yeah. myself any excuses, then I'm fine. Then I, I'll do better. I'll actually achieve Do, do if you we, reckon? If we that, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, do you reckon that? It's becoming more and more of a theme that, you know, when, when tough things happen, we feed ourselves our own excuses and we start to believe it. Like, you know, oh, let's say for, let, like, for before, man. example for you, man, like prime example, when you're down in the dumps, man, and you're fucking broke as shit, you're the first person that should be saying, man, I'm fucking, I was, you know, out of home at 17 my family, you know, is a fucking all over oh, the shop. 100%. I've got no money. I've got no friends, no girlfriend. I haven't got a stable job. Damn, man. you got to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to remind you something. making a really good case. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you know what I mean? But you feed, you feed yourself. No, of course. You feed yourself these false realities. Like I was telling you before, man. You're, you're writing your own story. If I was an interior designer, I'd tell you the story about interior, being a successful interior designer. Mm. If I was, if I wanted to be a victim, if I wanted to be a loser, oh, I remember that, bro. I got the best fucking story about being a victim and a loser. Oh, it's so good. It's, a, it's, it's you know, I can make a movie about it. It's like Godfather. It's a three-part yeah. thing, three, three hours each. Ah, I got yeah. a fantastic story. But I'm writing that story. I'm writing mm. another story. I'm writing a story about how I, you know, how I come from nothing, my family comes from nothing. And although, despite everything, I keep coming back. I can't be stopped. And you, you write your own story. And it's not like that's the right story, that's the true story. It's like, this is the story that you wrote. I'm trying to make it, you know, be as honest as possible. But at the end of the day, like, you know, over the last two months, it's been some probably the hardest two months of my life so far. 
And that says something. And you've been there, you've been hearing every step of it. I've been complaining to you fucking every other day, you know, mm. and you helped me out. So I, you know firsthand what, what this is, you know, the toll is taken on me physically, mentally, financially, in every way, right? And somehow I'm sitting here in the last, you know, and I've somehow bounced back in a way, you know. Uh, I think, like you said, you know, I know the reality of my situation, but I'm not here making excuses. Like even, even when I got robbed, you know, it probably cost me 3,000, 4,000 Australian mm. on Friday, right? As yeah, soon as I got straight, you, you on the call when I got robbed. Got, you got robbed and we were literally on a phone call. And I, went, and, I went, and I went straight into like, oh, fuck, you know, it's always happens to me. I'm so unlucky. And what like, I Shut the fuck up. So shut the fuck up. Do you cry about when you lose a deal? No. It's just fucking money. Money in, money out. So get over it. And mm. you know what? That fucking really helped me when I think about it. Uh, because I was like, you know what? It is money. What did I lose? I lost money. It's just money. And then, you yeah. know, a few days later, uh, you know, uh, an invoice or two gets paid, you're fine. You know? And, you know, an yeah. hour after I did what I could to recover it, okay, it's gone. Well, I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. I go to the Apple store, buy a new laptop, and get back to work. There's nothing to talk about. Just shut up and go. And you're, and you're right. You're dead right. You know, you, don't, you have no idea how much that helps. I know we're great. Yeah. We don't talk about our feelings and shit, but a yeah. comment like that. And you basically told me to shut the fuck up and, and don't cry, be a little bitch about it. Mm. Like you, you yeah. don't, in one part of your life, you don't, you don't cry and care about losses, but in another you do, like your, your logic doesn't make sense. There's a fuck, you're right. Yeah. yeah. No. And in a way, you, that, you can't be a savage. That was way more helpful than, you know, yeah. giving me a, a few, few stars to cover me for a week or two. Like mm. that, money is one thing, but to say the right thing at the right time, is, is a, and you look, and, and that's a tough thing about being an entrepreneur because it's no feedback loop. Like yeah, if the client doesn't like it, they'll be like, No, you can't be a savage 24 uh, man. It's be that's why you need people. You need to be, you need people around you that can actually give you feedback and are honest with you. And when you're trying to be a positive. What's your thought on that? Like people having, not shipmates, but not having, not, not surrounding themselves with the right people. Like my dad always used to say to me, he goes, you're only a byproduct of the people you hang around with. Yeah, of course. Right. So well, look, he used, he used to hone that into me. So what's your, like, what do you think of that, man? Like, you know, you're on your own now, but you still surround yourself with the right people. Do you yeah, think- well, look, at the end of the day, uh, if I look at you, my normal week of like, to my, look, I've learned this lesson many, 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 many times in my life. When I was a when I was a kid in Sydney, uh, every friend group, new friend group that I get in, I really was very honest about my whether or not these are the right people to hang around with, and I always knew it. it didn't mean I actually hang out with them less or, or more, but over time I learned the lesson. And when I left Australia, I was like, okay, well, here's at least the twenty people I want to keep in contact with. Those people, and I've always put the the, the effort into to keeping in contact with good yeah, relationships. Yeah, I know you have. But then the other people don't, and now we're talking about three. Or maybe five people in Sydney. That list just company. kept getting that list just kept getting smaller and smaller. Right? Yeah, people don't want to keep in touch with me. I put I put I put the effort in. If they don't want to, I mm. get it, and that's okay. Yeah. And a lot, most of them are not. It's not a loss to, to not speak to them anymore. Mm. And I think that. And look, I left Australia because there was too many crazy people around me. Yeah. And the good people I knew I would keep in contact with, so it didn't really matter. So you remember when people? You remember when, uh, you remember when people were saying, "Oh, he's running away from his problems." And- you know, he, he's doing this and he's doing that. And it, yeah. it just got so much, man. It was just, it was crazy. Oh, man, I, I just never cared about any of these people's opinions. Like, I never, like, that was one good thing about me. I look back and like, I don't know how I was like that. Like, when I was a kid, I just never gave a fuck about what people said. 
not in high school, not my parents, not, not anybody. Literally, I'm like, oh, you think that? Okay, go fuck yourself. I, know, I was always good at telling people to fuck themselves. And uh, I think that's what everyone cares too much about what people think. Like, I just don't care to listen if I know it's not, you know, a, a real thing people are saying. Like, yeah. And Peterson I have no problem starting this Peterson talks about, like, not giving a fuck what others think. He just... talks about agreeableness. And that's what it's, that's a big thing he talks about. It's like, a lot of people, uh, they did a study, right? So when he says women generally are more agreeable than most men, they've done the study. They've brought together like 30,000 people and they did a study and they saw that women in general were more agreeable than men, which means, for example, uh, if, there's a, if there's a conflict, men are more likely to, you know, be disagreeable, get into a fight, which we can also see the statistics for that. It also means that uh, in terms of asking for a, a raise or asking for a higher salary, that too, when you're more disagreeable, like, you know what, I don't want to get paid 60, I don't want to get paid 80, right? Like, mm. that's being disagreeable, right? But that yeah. also means you get paid more. Anyway, that's what he said. And then he has research to back that. But I think, for me, I was always disagreeable. And that's a gift that my mom gave me. She was always skeptical and disagreeable. With, with, you know, sometimes, but then other times she wasn't. But whatever, that's another story. Because for me, when, <laughs> when, when people were like, in cinema, people were like, oh, I think this is mad about George. I was like, yeah, well, I don't give a shit about what you think. Like, I was always the guy to say something that was unsaid. Like if we're, mm. if we're at a table with a bunch of people, a bunch of friends, and there's like one glaringly obvious awkward thing, I'm gonna say it because I don't care about you know not I don't care about the consequences, but I'm like I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like there's not something you know honest to say here. Like this is obviously a weird thing. I'm yes. not gonna you know like for well, example, I always say your birthday, like, your birthday party, and um, I think it was like your ninth yeah, birthday. Yeah, of course, we went to five. <laughs> <laughs> we went for dinner, and we got very similar personalities. You know, we're both the same of like. If we don't like someone, they know about it pretty fucking quick. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, man, it's such a crazy example, bro. Because I had that same thing happen to this morning. Like someone that dinner, that dinner was so funny. That was such yeah, a good dinner. Was, well, <laughs> yeah, it was fucking crazy. But like even this morning, I just had a disagreement. <laughs> and uh, like even this morning, man, I just had someone, I'm working with someone who's a bit of a fool and they cost me, you know, they cost me, you know, in many different ways. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, wait a second, just don't work with them. You know, you don't need to work with foolish people um, because you you don't you simply don't need to anymore. Uh, you can always just leave. Yeah, and and yeah. there's, there's always, you know, you have to be realistic about when you're running That's away. That's the beauty of when you're making money, that. but that's the beauty of when you're making money. Well, I don't. Well, sometimes you don't have that luxury. Sometimes yeah. you don't have that luxury, but mm. it doesn't cost money to stop speaking to someone. Yeah, now, you don't need to stop it, you know, black and white. You can just fade them to black. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel so, like I, I got multiple friends that I thought I would be friends with for life. That well, I don't really necessarily anymore, but like I, I would keep in contact with them. We won't go there. <laughs> but like, you know, not even people who I had arguments with, but like people, I, I would, they just stopped contacting me. Even though I was contacting them and put the effort in. Mm. I'm like, right, I guess, you know, that's just the way it is. But some people just disappear and get locked up. It is what it is. <laughs> man uh, look at the end of the day he, uh, at the end of the day it's um, I don't know man you know we're young and like we're going to lose yeah. a lot more friends than we realise and yeah like I, I I don't think uh, when we when we talk about like environment and the influence it has yeah of course like at the end of the day like if I look at my week right I talk to you you know a few other friends from Sydney who are all trying to do something or at least they work hard or at least they you know have good values 
Like, not mm. everyone needs to be doing the same thing as me. I'm not trying to compare. Mm. But, like, you know, you want to have people around you that, you know, ground you. Like, me, when I when I go off on the phone, you immediately grounded me when I would have gone off and probably had a panic attack. Or, like, when I, uh, you know, call other, like, Jared, like, Jared grounds the shit out of me. Like, he's like, I'm like, oh, well, this is happening. He's like, yeah, okay, well, what are you going to do? Cry about it? How's I going to fix things? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Like, he always brings me to reality. The same thing with Rowan. So, yeah, environment is a huge thing. Yeah, 100%. And I find, I find uh, you know, with with work and, you know, just overall personal growth, I find exercise helps quite a lot. Um, training, I find that mindset of always chasing to be the best. You, you're never going to give up. And training is a big part of your life. You know. Oh, 100%. Like, if I, I mean, I will, if I'm in the gym at least two hours a day, whether you know, hour of cardio, hour of weights, or whatever. And like, even, I was even the, the, one of the, the same journey you did, man. The marathon, man. Yeah, marathon. I got an ocean swim in two weeks. Like, no matter what I'm doing in my personal life, I'm always, I'm always want to be doing something, trying to achieve something. Yeah. So, like, and you know, uh, it's how long does you need to get outside of work? Like five hours, five and a half. Like it was what forty-two and, uh, kilometers. Yeah, forty-two k. I'm gonna, I'm gonna most, give it another crack and try and do it under four hours. Most people would never even dream of doing that in their lifetime. So yeah. that, that's a massive but achievement. Losers. Well, it comes down to mindset. Measure ourselves. We're gonna measure ourselves against people who you know aren't even trying. Yeah, I compare myself to, to the person I was, you know, in the past. So yeah, I'm the same that did it. You know, do you I, ever compare I, yourself I to? Over. Do you, you ever compare yourself to other people or is it always just comparing yourself against yourself, like your previous self? Look, I think, you know, I, I definitely fall in the trap of comparing myself, but at the end of the day, I think it's stupid because... Yeah. You I know, think no one has been to what I've been to or had to... And yeah, I think it's a, it's a lot of things, man. Like, no one's been to what I've been to, but they also haven't had some of the advantages that I've had. So, you know, what, who's the best thing? Who's the best person to... You know, I compare myself to except for myself previously. Like now, right now, I'm trying to adopt a new, a new sort of mentality as it relates to my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I'm traveling, and I, I think that new mentality has been in development in my head at least for uh, you know two, three months. I think I'm really going to apply it now. I think just that mentality, who I am at the end of this year compared to at the end of last year, is a completely different person yeah. in a lot of ways. So, yeah, and the best person to compare to is, you know, who you were in the past. So, like, at the end of the day, who am I going to compare myself to? Other 23-year-olds? Well, that's not a great comparison. Because most 23-year-olds aren't entrepreneurs who are traveling. Yeah. So, that doesn't make sense. If I'm comparing mm-hmm. myself to other entrepreneurs, it's like, well, is it entrepreneurs who have different, you know, completely different businesses and stuff. So, okay, other brokerages? Okay, but most of them aren't structured like that. Mine are. Okay. So what other brokerage, online business brokerages started by people around my age who have had the disadvantages and advantages that I've had, who has the same, like you're not going to find a comparison. Mm. And even if you did, it, you know, what value does that bring to you? I look at everyone and I see what I can learn and if there's something to learn, cool. I just don't, I take my ego out of it and it is what it is. Mm. You know, comparing never helps me. Uh, if I have something to learn, I have something to learn, but outside of that, yeah, no, nah, bro. I think ego is a massive thing as well. That, oh, of course, man. that destroys, not destroys, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
and whether somewhere. I am how much how much of a narcissist I am now is one thing, but how much I was in the past was a fact. Like, look, anyone who's an entrepreneur is a bit of a narcissist. Just mm. implicitly saying I can do this thing probably better than most others, right? So there's that. You know, um, I think everyone's a bit narcissistic. I think our generation is probably the most narcissistic generation we've been in. You know, that I can think of. Mm. But I think that if you can be self-aware about that, you can use it for your own and others' good. Um, and, you know, you, know you, you mentioned ego. Like, I've had a couple of ego deaths, maybe two or three ego deaths. But I've really had, like, a bit of an existential crisis about who the hell am I? But I think that um, you can work your way through that. Go into that a bit deeper. What, what do you mean by that? Okay, so, like... So I was in Bali, right? And that's when I had that, you know, ran that venture, venture. I had a, basically was working for someone else mm-hmm. in, a, in, in a role that I, not that I knew wasn't right. Yeah, I kind of knew it wasn't right. And I just, and I was just like, the, the, the value system and the hierarchy that I had in my head was just obviously wrong. And I was like, just not the, not who I, people know me to be. Because I had this stupid story in my head. I had a, I was, I had a story in my head of who I was, why, how things should happen. And because it wasn't going my way, I was just pissed off at everyone. Mm. So when my when someone I trusted, like you, said to me, you know, a good friend but I, that I respected, I was like, he said, hey man, look, like, I don't know what's going on, but like, what the fuck is happening? Like, are you okay? Because like, you are not acting like someone who wants to achieve the things that you say. You're telling yeah. yourself a completely, and really I had a victim's mentality. Back yeah. Then. So I was so and he sent me that but I don't know what's going on. And I was it's weird because I had the curiosity to 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 know what he what what he was gonna say. But also I was angry at him for like saying something mean or like offensive yeah, yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. something that was against me. The truth plus yeah. But that's kind of yeah, and then he said that he's like, well, like I'm like he's like he said a comment, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, oh well, like like I can't even bring people around you because like you always like not rude, but like you just like don't give a shit, and you're like think you're better than everyone, but you also have no respect for yourself. And how I kind of rationalized, I was like, I think I'm better than everyone, but I think I'm a piece of shit, so I'm really low, and everyone's just lower than that. That was how I thought when I lived in Bali. I was and like that was my stupid mentality. And then I'm like, oh, and I had like a massive ego that said, I'm, and then I, I sat him down, like, wait, sit down, and tell me, let me do this because I don't get. It. And luckily, he went through something similar, you know, years back. And it's like, well, this, this, this. I'm like, oh, fuck, you're right. And then I went mm-hmm. home, I went had a big old beard, and I shaved the beard off to the skin. Wow. Yeah. Let's reset. Let's reset. Because yeah, this is kind of new beginning. I think, I can't, I can't remember who I was reading. Oh, I can't, I can't remember it now. But they talk about men and shaving their beards as a sign of change. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a weird thing, but it's a it's a metaphor for a lot of different things. It's, it's, it's I was reading it about that's what it was. It was a book about um, talking about the American Army and the formation of the American Army, why they shave their heads and why they shave their beards on the first day. Yeah, be, and I assume it's to be part of like the, you're part of something bigger than yourself, right? You yeah, you're, like you're, part, you're part of something. You're all the same kind of thing, but. You leave that old person behind. It's a new beginning. Yeah. So it, it's a fucking weird concept, but I kind of like it. 
Yeah, man, it's, it's 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 well, you know, if you think, and I always relate having a you know, having a beard is a very Greek thing since they like the Roman, you know, if you see the Roman emperors who had beards like Marcus Aurelius and trade, 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 maybe trade, 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 Hadrian, Hadrian, all these all these emperors had beards because the Romans didn't really wear beards; mm. they wore clean shaved. But the ones mm. who like beat Greece and sort of love the ones who beat Greece, they always had long beards, like like Marcus like Adrian, and so on. So it was very, mm. it's a Greek thing still to this day. We have like the greatest beards in the world, right? You know, not much of a reflex, but it's true. So to wear a beard is a Greek thing. I like, you know, I love that. So that's one thing. Two, it's convenience. But three, it's your personal appearance, right? So like the ancient Spartans. And I went to, before they went to battle, they spent some time. They had long hair, they had big beards, and they took yeah. care of themselves. Because to take care of yourself is to care about, it's, it's a lot of different For the same reason you, you, know, you want to make your bed in the morning. Or if you can't you know, take care of yourself, you can't take care of your own bedroom. Who says you can take care of anything else? Yeah, don't, if you look unpresentable. Don't, don't try and take on the whole world and you know, you can't even get your bed in order. Yeah. Yeah, your beard looks patchy as fuck. It's not lined up. You look like a mess. Mm. You look like a bum. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Yeah. So to clean up and to keep like, and for me, it's such a weird thing. But like, look, you know, you know, I've almost always had a beard. I mean, I've always, almost, almost, always in my adult life, basically. And for me, it's one thing: it's to be Greek, to wear a beard, or you know, uh, yeah, it's a very Greek thing. Number two, it's I always keep it, you know, relatively clean cut. You know, always keep mm. it presentable. I, I don't have some fairly fucking crazy thing where it's like not clean, right? And even when I'm down low um, and I think you know what I always think even even recently I was like you know what why don't we just let the beard grow and let it grow you know what happens what happens I was like no because this is a small disciplinary thing I can do where like, when I look in the mirror you know how you how you are mentally reflects physically okay mm. how you are physically reflects mentally so if I look in the mirror and I haven't I just not clean shape I'm not putting you know, clean around the edges maybe like a mess I don't have a nice clean haircut then well yeah no wonder you're a mess physically because that's how you are mentally. But if mm. I was a, you know, on the weekend and in September, I was a mess mentally. But then I'm like, you know what? If I, if I can make my, if I can keep some of the small disciplinary things I do every day, you know, on park, like clean, having a clean shirt, and I'm, you know, make, make myself a clean, have a haircut. That's why you know, me and you, always, you and I always talk about having, how getting a haircut makes us feel like a king. And it's a small thing. It doesn't change mm. much. But now when you look in the mirror, you're like, look at this fucking mess of a human being. Mm. Now you look like, all right, well, your face doesn't look like garbage, so maybe your life doesn't have to look like garbage. Yeah. In lockdown, man, my hair got so long. I was like, oh, it was the worst feeling. Yeah. And then the first week yeah, I went and when it's I got my haircut, when I got my haircut, I felt so good. You just feel so good after it. Well, it's a metaphor too. You're shedding what you, know, you don't need. It's unnecessary weight. You know, yeah, it's it's one of those things, but yeah. Well, George, mate, I think it was um that was a, a very insightful, you know, hour. Was it so, unsolicited man. and unqualified? It was. It was unsolicited and unqualified. It was. No one asked for it, and we have no, we have no, no background in whatsoever. But hey, that's what we're here to do. We're here to talk a bit of shit. Um, you know, delve deeper into the minds of people who, you know, they've got a bit of a different mentality and different way of thinking in life. So that's the main thing. But um, no, thank you for, for jumping on for the first episode. I do appreciate it.
And um, it, bro. And at the end of the day, you just want to create stuff, you know, like creating things, whether it's, you know, think about how many billions of conversations have we had and yeah. now you have a, a record of one, you know. You might have a conversation with, you know, anybody that you that you always talk to, but to have a record of it is, is kind of a cool thing. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%, man. So it was it was good good catching up and good having a laugh. And um, I'm sure we'll, we'll have some more laughs in the future with you on, on the show. Nah, I'm not coming back. This is it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe next time you won't be in a fucking cafe with loud people in the background and somewhere a bit more quiet. I'll make sure, I'll make sure I'm in a soundproof room. If I hear anything. Like Joe Rogan does with... Uh, Joe Rogan, there you go. So, nah, I, I appreciate it, man. And um, I will, I'll talk to you soon. Alright, brother. Take care. Appreciate it. Thanks, bye bye.